Hello and welcome to the Bits of Balance podcast, a place where health and wellness is talked about and viewed through more than just a physical lens, but an emotional, social, spiritual, and intellectual lens as well. Over here, we believe that health-promoting behaviors should add to your life rather than take away from it. I'm your host, Jacqueline Bett, a non-diet registered dietitian to be, a certified personal trainer, and an extreme ice cream enthusiast. In this podcast, you will hear special guests and myself share our journeys and how we are working to find balance in our own lives. We will also discuss ways to ditch diet culture and find food freedom. We'll also be diving into how to discover your own healthy relationship with exercise and ways to be at peace with your body. But most importantly, I hope for this podcast to inspire and motivate you to find your own balance while practicing wellness without obsession. So let's dive in and discuss some bits of balance. Hello, and welcome back to the Bits of Balance podcast. Today, I'm coming at you with a solo episode, so it'll just be me and you chatting today, and I'm kind of going back to my fitness roots, but from a way different perspective. So today, I will be talking to you about the 10 things that I wish I knew before getting into fitness, and now I've been a certified personal trainer for over two years and an online coach for over a year, so I feel like I've had the experience and learned a ton throughout the past couple years with this. So let's just start off right away and go right down the list of 10 things. So number one is there is no such thing as, quote, toning your muscles. And you may be confused to hear this right off the bat. However, you cannot turn fat into muscle and muscle doesn't just turn into fat. And this may surprise a lot of you. I actually just had a conversation with a client the other day and it went something like this. So the client said, I want to work on my overall physical fitness. I just want to be more toned. So of course I asked, what does toned mean to you? And she said, you know, nice toned muscles, but not too big. So I said, right. So you're saying that you want to be able to see your strong muscles She says, yeah, I guess. I just don't want to end up looking like a bodybuilder and I don't want to be bulky. So my response was, I promise that you will not wake up one day and look like an extremely muscular bodybuilder. One, you are female. Two, you're not taking steroids. And three, you don't have enough testosterone to even look like this, right? And the likelihood that you're going to accidentally get too muscular is approximately zero. So she said, So I guess I just need to lift heavier, like squats and deadlifts and more compound movements. And I said, amen, yes. (laughs) So let's just get one thing clear here. There is no such thing as toning. You can make your muscles stronger and you can lose body fat so that they are more visible through body recomposition. However, doing lightweight, high rep exercises to avoid bulking up means that you are improving your muscular endurance, but you're not necessarily getting stronger. And if there is one thing that I've learned about physical capacity to be happy, healthy, and useful humans that age gracefully, it's that strength matters. And you don't have to look like a competitive bodybuilder or even powerlifter to be strong and useful in your life. Now for number two, it is that a longer workout doesn't equal a better workout. When I first got seriously into weightlifting and had a pretty unhealthy and obsessive relationship with exercise, my workouts would honestly be 
two plus hours long. And this is not, not wise, my friends. In fact, training this way can actually cause you to lose muscle mass. And this is because as you train the level of cortisol, which is a stress hormone that helps regulate metabolism and energy in your body, it begins to rise. And this signals your body to break down muscle protein as a source of energy. So you're really taking away from the strength and the gains that you're trying to make. And when exactly this begins to occur, it really depends on the intensity of your workout. But if your weight training is regularly taking two plus hours a day, then you are likely not training hard enough or maybe just overtraining and inadvertently causing a loss of muscle tissue, which is not what we want. And for most people, hypertrophy training, um, which is a fancy way of saying training for increased muscle size, the sweet spot of training hard enough to see maximum results without overdoing it is about a 60 to 90 minute workout window. And your workout will be much more effective. You'll still have energy to do other things in your day. And overall, you'll just feel happier and healthier. And again, this is me speaking from past and personal experiences. And for number three, rest days are not lazy. Rest days are essential. And I cannot preach this one enough. When I first started taking weightlifting and fitness seriously, I prided myself on the fact that I was team no days off and things like that. I seemed to have this fear that if I missed one day, I would somehow completely fall off the rails and lose all of my progress that I'd worked on months before. And this just is not the case. If you're pushing yourself in the gym to get stronger and feel more empowered, rest days are so important for your muscles to repair, rebuild, and to really give your nervous system a chance to regenerate. And not to mention, they're also essential for your mind and your mental well-being. We are all human. We all need a break. Rest days will also help you to avoid burnout, and it'll help you to avoid getting bored with your workouts. And now that I take at least two to three rest days every single week, I actually look forward going to the gym, and my workouts are no longer something that I feel like I have to do, right? Rather, they are something that I actually want to do. I truly believe that rest days are just as important, if not more important than your training days. I also do want to mention that going to the gym became so ingrained in my daily routine at one point that it was hard for me not to go. And if this is something that you struggle with, or if this sounds like you, I recommend maybe just taking some active rest days in the beginning where you maybe just go for a 15 minute walk or do a little yoga flow or something minimally taxing on your body so that you can still get in some movement while giving yourself a chance to recover and then really transition into taking those full rest days to fully recover your body and mind. And now for number four, supplements aren't as necessary as they may seem. I've said this before, and I will say it again. Supplements are meant to supplement your diet, not to replace anything. If you're on a quest for fitness information, you're bound to be bombarded by influencers and marketers and just ads on social media telling you about all of the health products that you just have to have, right? For example, you need to take greens to be healthy. They will beat your bloat or you need to drink that protein shake right after your workout in order to make all the gains. And I'm here to tell you that there is actually a lot of shadiness and pseudoscience in the supplement industry. And I've been in the supplement industry for several years. I've had many companies reach out to me and it's hard to first um, separate what is true and what's not true. And I'm just here to tell you that if you're just starting out, please don't spend hours banging your head against a wall, just trying to figure out what supplements to take. And while supplements definitely can enhance your performance and results, the most important thing by far 
is really just getting your training right and focusing on real whole foods and eating enough and not just drinking supplements, honestly. Um, the only supplements that I currently take are a multivitamin, if that even counts. I don't even know. I guess that's maybe just a vitamin um, and protein powder and not even in the form of a shake, but rather I add my protein powder into my baked goods, my oatmeal, my yogurt, smoothies, and more. I also want to mention that I have been a loyal customer and athlete of Bomar Nutrition for over two years now because of their high quality supplements, the scientific testing that they share, and of course the delicious taste. And quick little side plug that I feel like I have to add in. You can use code Jacqueline at checkout to support me. And again, this is not at all necessary. It's just a way to add some extra protein into your diet. If you feel like you struggle to eat enough protein from whole foods, or maybe you're vegetarian or vegan, or if you just want to add some delicious flavor into your recipes. So point number four kind of leads me right into point number five, which is that these quote, health foods or quote, protein packed snacks are not always healthy or as healthy as they may seem. For way, way too long, I was eating protein bars and drinking artificially sweetened beverages. I was eating diet ice creams and all these things literally every single day. And I'm not saying that any of these foods or drinks are quote bad because any and every food can be part of a balanced diet. You've heard me speak about food morality. I truly believe that there are no good foods and there are no bad foods. However, many of the health benefits um, that are on the boxes of all of these different, um, you know, quote diet or quote health foods were nothing more than just clever marketing. And while they definitely were less in calories than other alternatives. Maybe I was still eating a ton of processed foods and they weren't things that made me feel good and they didn't satisfy me. I was always left feeling unsatisfied. These foods also caused me a ton of stomach distress and IBS symptoms because of all of the fillers and just crazy ingredients that were in them. And I'm so glad that I have finally learned that there's more to healthy eating than just calories and macros. It's so much more about how your food is produced. And also these diet foods or protein packed foods are incredibly expensive. And if you compare the price of, you know, just say like a protein bar compared to a real food, a protein bar is going to be like 250 for one little protein bar, whereas you can probably get double the amount of protein from a chicken breast for half the price. Just think about that. And now for point number six, it is that the scale weight is not a good indicator of progress in a training program. While the scale may be okay for some people, I can really only speak for my own experiences. And it has always been quite a trigger and a competition for me that has led to a downward spiral and body dissatisfaction. The scale literally measures your gravitational pull or force on this earth. It says nothing about the value or worth that you have as a human being. In addition, if you think about it, we are so often putting so much emphasis on our weight when in reality, no one knows your weight but yourself. And if you're like me, you don't even know your weight, which has been incredibly freeing for me throughout the past several months. In addition, if you're implementing a resistant training program, this scale, again, is not going to do much for you. One, because muscle is way more dense than fat, and you may be taking tremendous strides forward, but seeing larger numbers on the scale, which may make you feel like you're not. But it's really just a skewed sense that you may have or 
whatever, you know, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of scale. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> um, also, the number on the scale doesn't take into account body composition and differentiate between lean muscle mass and fat mass. Therefore, I believe that a much better indicator of progress in the gym and in your fitness journey, whatever it may be, can be obtained by keeping an exercise log that allows you to observe your strength gains over time. This is something that I do with all of my clients. I have them put in the weight that they used for a certain exercise and how many reps they did. And then over time, over the four, six, eight weeks, they can see, wow, I started this exercise doing it with 15 pound dumbbells for 10 reps. And now I'm doing it with 20 pound dumbbells for 15 reps. You know, I don't know. That's just an example, but just a different way to assess your progress over time. And now for number seven, which is an immense one because of how much it affected me and something that I am very passionate about. And it is to be careful who you follow on social media because the fitness industry can be toxic. When I first got into fitness, I naturally turned to Instagram for workout ideas and advice and even YouTubers, what I eat in a day videos and all of that great stuff. Not really great, but you know. Um, and while I think that it can be a great tool. As I began to learn more through my own experiences and began looking at what the research has to say and getting my own certifications, I'm an ACE certified personal trainer now, it became more and more apparent how many influencers were out there, both knowingly and unknowingly giving bad workout advice or pushing ineffective or healthy products on us. And also following only fitness influencers on Instagram can lead to the comparison trap and lead to those feelings that you have to do exactly what they are doing in order to be successful or to make progress in your journey. And I just want you to know that we are all so different and that is beautiful. We're created different for a reason. And for example, not everyone enjoys moving their bodies in the same way. For example, I love lifting weights, but not everyone is going to enjoy that form of movement. And that is 1000% okay. If you don't like it, don't do it. Do something that makes you feel good in your own body. Also, just make sure that you follow people who have your best interests in mind and who are qualified to be giving you this advice. And not all, quote, online coaches have certifications of any type. So just look for that. Look for the letters in their bio or wherever it may be. And also be sure to conduct your own research before buying any products or trying exercises that look cool on Instagram but could potentially be dangerous for you and your overall well-being. Now let's transition into number eight. So number eight is proper form is way more important than how much weight you're lifting. If there is probably just one thing I could tell my younger self when I got into weightlifting, it would be to swallow my pride and focus more on nailing my form down than the number of plates on my barbell or the heaviest dumbbell that I feel like I can lift because I probably couldn't at that time properly. Because when you use more weight than you can properly handle, you one, set yourself up for, and two, actually sabotage your gains in many cases. When the muscle you're targeting is too weak to lift the load that it's bearing, a phenomenon called synergistic dominance occurs in which secondary muscles will compensate to allow you to complete that movement that you're trying to do which this can lead to ineffectively strengthening the target muscle and really overtaxing the muscles that are picking up that extra slack for help. For example, if you're trying to 
maybe deadlift too much weight and you're not using the proper form, you can really harm your back muscles pretty terribly, which will only set you back. So in the beginning, stick to the basics, pick up the lighter weight. It is okay. And just focus on your form. And over time, your lifts will become so much stronger and more comfortable and you're so much less injury prone and all of that. And now for number nine. All right, guys, get ready for this one. You don't need to meal plan or count calories or macros. You really just need to make sure that you're eating enough. This may be a very, very controversial one. However, I believe that meal planning is really no different than a diet and that it forces you to overhaul all of your eating habits at once without teaching you any skills or helping you gain any insight into your own eating habits. And the result of this is it's not sustainable. So if you're hoping to maybe just change your eating habits a little bit in the long term to feel healthier and happier, I'm here to tell you that a meal plan is not the answer. So what is more effective? So I believe that something that can be more effective is working with someone who can One, teach you how to compose a balanced meal. For example, a meal full of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates and how to snack to keep you energized throughout the day and how to build these snacks for optimal performance and well-being. Two, coach you in setting reasonable meal planning and prep goals because I'm not saying that you shouldn't meal prep and you should just eat what your body is craving in the, in the moment because sometimes we need to meal prep to reach these goals. We need to have things ready if you have a busy schedule and things like that. And three, working with someone who can help you develop the skills that you need to be in tune to your body's needs and your hunger and fullness cues and all of that that is li- aligned with intuitive eating. Four, Work with someone who can coach you in working through obstacles that may disrupt your typical diet or your typical eating pattern or even your relationship with food. Just figuring that out is so essential. So those are just four things that I think can be so much more effective um, to work with someone through rather than a meal plan. And the difference is that skills really continue on. They're translatable. Meal plans are more of just a one-time fix. So you'll get way more bang for your buck, so to speak, focusing on picking up skills and mindfulness strategies that lead to intuitive eating rather than having it done for you and it being not at all sustainable. And finally, for number 10, no one is looking at you or judging you. And I say this with compassion. I know that one of the main concerns that most people have when starting going to the gym is that maybe they're just afraid of being judged or they don't really know what to do in the gym. And as an anxious person, I am 100% understand this fear, but take it from someone who has been lifting for over five years now. We all know that everyone starts somewhere and that is beautiful. Most of the individuals that you encounter in the gym are way too focused on their own goals anyways to worry about yours. So just take your time, work with a personal trainer to help you get educated and even educate yourself online and challenge yourself. And I promise it gets easier. All right. Well, that wraps up the 10 things that I wish I knew before starting my fitness journey. And I hope that these tips were helpful for you so that you don't have to go through maybe some of the things that I went through when first beginning my fitness and just wellness journey because it was incredibly, incredibly toxic for years. And even probably a year ago, I wouldn't even have talked about my fitness journey because it wasn't something that I could even speak to or something that I even felt aligned with because of how 
much it negatively impacted my life for years. But now that I am in such a better place and a more confident place in my recovery journey, fitness is slowly becoming a passionate part of my life again and something that I am pursuing because of my relationship with it. Now it's just so much better and more positive. And I'm not exercising to change my body or to burn calories. I exercise for so many different reasons now. Do it because I enjoy it and it makes me feel strong and empowered. And these mindset shifts take time, but it is incredibly worth it to work through them. And yeah, so if you enjoyed today's episode, just be sure to rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts if you have the time to do so. It would really help me to just reach more people with this message and kind of just debunk the toxic fitness industry, if that makes sense. And also if anything, this episode really resonated with you, like maybe you were like, wow, yeah, Jacqueline, I was exactly there too at one point. I've overcome that too. Please DM me on Instagram at JacquelineLivesWell. I would love to chat with you there. And I feel like I can relate and resonate with so many of you and I love chatting. So once again, we'll chat soon.